Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. Usually that's the case, but on this little intro, I'm doing it solo. There's no Gavin in the shop with me right now because uh, uh, this is a little add-on in addition to... um, our, our second episode we're about to start for our New Year Spectacular Night of the Creeps. So before I get into the episode, I wanted to give credit specifically to the FX departments on the Night of the Creeps production because they use such an amazing amount of skill and creativity and hustle and out-of-the-box thinking to push what um, could have been a very... Um, mediocre B-movie attempt into something that's one of the most entertaining effects and creature and horror films that I've ever seen from any era. Um, They effectively generate fear and humor, which is a really hard line to walk. The gags all totally pay off, even if sometimes you see um, some of some of the uh, some of the man behind the curtain. It it's it still totally gets you exactly where it should be for an um, an amazing schlocky uh, '80s movie. I encourage anyone who's uh, interested in the film or enjoy it or becomes interested because of this show, check out over on YouTube. Thrill me the making of Night of the Creeps. It goes over how they make and. Um, display and illustrate the worms using they use matchbox cars and string and backwards cranking and then um the various props and layers that they have to uh to generate in many iterations in order to get these zombie and corpse effects done and the zombie and corpse effects in night of the creeps are really worth the price of admission it is absolutely fantastic um real quick i want to list out the special effects and visual effects departments of the show you've got roger george in the special effects by spot also known for the terminator you may have heard it uh, Anthony Laudati or Tony Laudati, Todd Masters, Lise Romanoff, Anton Ruprecht, Diana Williams, Diana Allen Williams, which I assume maybe is a mistake, but maybe you got two Diana Williams in special effects, in visual effects. Steve Berg, Michael Carp, David B. Sharp, David Stipes, and Dana O'Connor. If you're hearing this and IMDb, IMDb left you out or got it wrong, I'm sorry, these things are just above my pay grade. But as you might imagine, after 1986, so many of these people went on to have really great careers in the industry, and some of them, I'm sure, are still working today. So that is my double, triple, mega shout-out to the incredible effects team on Night of the Creeps, working along with Fred Decker. You guys really crushed it. All right, now let's get on to the show. It is so incredibly on the nose in the stereotypical characters of the, the the hapless boy who wants to get laid and the malicious frat boys and the wizened old detective who drinks Jack Daniels and says, thrill me and is two minutes away from blowing him or from killing himself with a fucking gas stove. Do you even remember that? There's a scene where he is in the middle of killing, (laughs) in the middle of committing suicide with an old 1960s gas stove. Yeah. And the 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 phone phone rings and he says his patented line. And he's he's (laughs) off to see the wizard. And that's that's like 
to be able to do a gag of that height and still feel as if the character is a person is one, an incredible credit to Tom Atkins, but, but also an incredible credit to, to Fred Decker, whose script, just the pieces of it interlock so efficiently that it really does carry you scene by scene. Then that of all of the horror movies that I've, I've ever watched, it contains perhaps the most compelling, like, character monologue I've ever heard. This is excellent. Night of the Living Dead Cat. Do you know what I'm intimating when I'm talking about this? When I'm when I'm leading up to this part about Steve Marshall's characters, like final sec- final bits in this. Do you know what I mean? Like if we yeah. if we fast forward ahead a little bit to the the uh, JC the disabled character and and after yeah. he gets like slugified. Do you remember what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember what you mean. I don't remember exactly how it goes. So. I would I would I would try to remember it but I'm going to have to just drop it in because it is fucking harrowing. <laughs> yeah. So here you go audience. I don't have a pulse or a heartbeat. They come dead. For Gavin and for the sake of discussing it, um there's this incredible posthumous scene where um the Steve Marshall's character um has has gotten into this really harrowing battle of a disabled man fighting these monsters in the bathroom and don't and you got to remind me to go back to the striper's rules joke because it's it's a there's a connection to the larger movie in it there's a graffito in the in the stall that he's fighting the slugs in that says striper rules and it's not just a throwaway thing <laughs> there's this really harrowing scene where he like uses matches and the thing you know he can't walk he's like on the toilet alone yeah as a, a kid whose legs doesn't work yeah. and he discovers that yeah i remember his only weapon was like yeah he matches. uses this like <laughs> box of um you know quick strike matches to, he learns that they don't like fire and they run away but finally they get him and then the movie carries on for for a few scenes and jason lively comes back to his dorm to a little note that says play me on a Walkman, which is uh, for the Zoomers out there. It's like a phone, but it only plays 12 songs at a time. Uh, And (laughs) he, but he plays the tape and it's this incredible, it's amazing because Stephen Marshall, Steve Marshall manages to get all of this like um, emotion and pathos in there without being on screen. And I honestly think it's the best way to do it. It's just him on the cassette tape explaining that he's been zombified um, and he's down in the boiler room and he can feel them uh, in his brain, but that they're, they're, they're hurt by fire and they're afraid by fire. And he like his character does his like best friend, uh, like emotional reach out, you know, too yeah. late after he's already dead. So that Jason Lively has to experience this like beat where they zoom in on it, on him, on his character, still in his like suit from the, from the, the, the big party. And he has to like on screen comes to term with, come to terms with like, 
the meaning of his friendship with his best friend and his death in real time. And you're like, this shit is way too emotionally competent for this dumbass VHS movie. <laughs> this is like, yeah. how, how <laughs> are you hitting this note? Because the thing is, the characters are, are you realize that the characters are actually more well-developed than most things that you see in genre movies for the last 20 years that yeah. um, that that lively and Marshall are are working the parts that they're given by Decker and you actually have attached to them even though they are as they're as cliche as a, a, an axe murder for an insane asylum but somehow the the pieces are sticky enough in between each other that it gets you there Oh my god, 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 oh my god. Do you think it's taking the Lord's name in vain to say oh my god a whole bunch of times really fast like that? That scene to me is this movie is in a nutshell where it's really lowballing you with your expectations. It's very much under promising and over delivering. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got good news and I got bad news. Oh, if I got if I got through that <laughs> this whole thing without uh, relating to that is one of the reasons that this was such so popular in my household is my dad loved saying that line. Um, he really loved saying it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. This movie is weirdly ahead of its time uh in in a in a way that I'll explain in a way that I just now kind of realized which is it mixes the 50s tropes with the 80s tropes and I was thinking like uh with the 50s you had post world war 2 um suburban capitalism and then with the 80s you had post vietnam mm kind of a little bit more cynical uh, capitalism where it was great to make a lot of money and do cocaine <laughs> mm-hmm. and like you have all of that stuff really not necessarily knowing what the 90s has in store and without knowing it I think they included a 90s trope with the aliens because there it is is like um, a sci-fi exploration into uh, origin, yeah. which is, yeah, which is like a, a really complicated looking scene with these two aliens that have like laser weapons, their own ship, their own technology, civilization, and like a uh, plot line about trying to chase down a possessed alien who seems more competent than whenever the humans are possessed. <laughs> yeah, that alien, I mean, he's he's really, there's nothing <laughs> stopping him. He's sliding into home whether you like it or not. He's going to get that, he's going to get that slug dick on Earth. Yeah, which which falls in line with a lot of 90s movies, which is like sci-fi, intricate space uh taking like cliche space and then making it intricate. And in in the alt in one of the alternate endings, the ship comes back and starts looking for yes. slugs. The, and and that they had um <laughs> the thing is they had issues with that because depending on which versions you depending on which version you watch, that does or does not make sense. Because yeah. in the theatrical version they didn't have the front bookend scene with the aliens. So when you when you yeah. do the like ship digging around with the spotlight looking around the graveyard for the slugs, you're like the fuck. I mean, but when I when I was a kid, yeah. I actually <laughs> liked it. I was like, holy shit, this is way bigger than this goes yeah. all the way to the top. 
there's yeah. more aliens yeah, involved awesome. and I didn't know it. Like that to me, that was that was surprise cream cheese. I was not confused. I was thrilled. It's Miller time. It, it it implied something that I wanted to know more about, and in a way, is kind of yeah. like you know it paid off when later you know you get the DVD copy and you're like, oh, there's there's some, there's space bullshit at the end of this. It's a little bit more like critters almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the way in which that's a '90s trope, I think, gets to the idea that. Decker is really trying to pull all of the good shit from the previous 10 years um, of of horror filmmaking in terms of the new tropes. He's got, you know, if you think that he's making, if you think about this, he's making it in 1985. That means you've got Alien is on people's minds. uh, E.T. is is on people's minds. You know, spaceship, Cronenbergian body horror, you know, the 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 Ridley Scott version of alien body horror. You know, you have you have all of this like Geigerian nightmare bullshit where, you know, there's this. um, So there's a New York Times article from 1986 by Nina Darton reviewing Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, you know, half of one side strip. It's barely a, an eighth column. She basically says that primarily it is derivative of alien in that it is a incubating alien monster horror. But despite this, yeah. it is competently amusing and surprisingly funny. And this goes to <laughs> my larger thesis that nobody understands what the fuck this movie is about. Because the thing is, she's not wrong, but she is she is reasonably dismissive. And, you know, she's writing for the New York Times in 86. So that that vantage point makes sense. But I don't think yeah. that Night of the Creeps is derivative of anything. I think, if anything, it is taking all of the best shit from 20 to 30 years prior in the black and white plan nine from outer space era that he has a retrospective nostalgic relationship with and grabbing a whole fistful of that and, and throwing that in his, you know, umami bowl and then grabbing a whole fistful of shit from the prior 10 years, which is alien, which is Cronenberg, which is uh, American Werewolf in London, particularly because American Werewolf in London, yeah. despite um, if you feel in co- complicated ways about otter director and uh, amateur child exploder John Landis, that it, it really, <laughs> really invented the modern comedy horror. That horror movies yeah. just weren't intentionally funny like that ever um and and you have to think that's 1981 it's like peak michael jackson and the levels of of irony and anxiety about your own body because people also forget that like that's a body horror movie is that what he's afraid of is that he is going to transform into a thing that he cannot control you know he's a he's a mild suburban jewish boy from probably outside of Chicago 
And he's going to turn into a thing that is the ultimate taboo of his reality. He's going to turn into a, uh, a, a, a nightmare masculine maniac, the, the American abroad that yeah. kills people. And yeah. that it, it really is a fear of his own self and some, some character flaw that has turned him into a, literally the monster of the movie. And I guarantee you without um, without John Landis's American Wolf in London, there is no Night of the Creeps. There's a reason there's a character named fucking Landis in the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's a very a very American thing. Have Have you noticed a Mad Max connection with Night of the Creeps? Because I'm so into Mad Max, I know about this, but um, you you probably haven't. But do you remember when the bus driver? Uh, almost hits the dog, and his eyes bulge out yeah. of his head, uh, just oh, like Toto. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. which may or may not have been a tribute to Frank. Interesting, because you're right. That's exactly the same gag. Yeah. Also, like, why? Yeah. In both cases, why bother doing that gag? It is. I know. So, yeah. I think it only makes sense if one is a connection to the other. But also, I have a track record that we've yeah. brought up previously in the show of making connections to things that, quote unquote, must be connected. Where I, you know, uh, Facebook or I emailed James Gunn about how he was doing an obvious homage to Night of the Creeps. And he gave me a. Yeah. He emailed me back the next morning with a very competent and believable and plausible response that he just had similar ideas that you know went in a similar direction so i don't want to claim that anything yeah. is obviously an homage to anything else because we've missed that we you know, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've scratched that cue ball before so who the fuck knows um parallel yeah. thinking is real and it's confusing well i don't know i'd say with the other with the characters being named after other things i think that maybe he didn't name a character Miller because Mad Max is not exactly a horror movie, but it was still well, worth. This is obviously um, this is obviously someone who is ostentatiously making references to other directors and making it yeah. super super clear that they are interested in displaying a vocabulary about filmmaking. So there is no yeah. fucking reality where this guy is not 129% into the Mad Max movies at this point. So yeah. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'll give it an, I would put it 80% is where I would put my money is that that's a direct reference to, to yeah. Mad Max Uno and, and toe cutters bulging eye effect. Yeah. You're seeing beetles in the weeds that I would never I would step right over. I would have no fucking clue. That's always going to be. Yeah, I, I do that a lot. It's weirdness. It's some, sometimes it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming like budgies. <laughs> Gavin, let me ask you, are, do you, are you aware of Hollywood screenwriter and, and character Shane Black? Yes. Okay. I, 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 I didn't ask you, I mean, it, you know, it'd be weird to just ask you about random Hollywood person, 173, but like, I had a reason that you might know <laughs> yeah. who he is. Who is Shane yes, Black? I know. Shane Black is a screenwriter actor, kind of. Yeah. Who is, who was in Predator? Uh, yes. As Hawkins, the, as the, Hawkins. the, the, the um, bespectacled communications officer. And did he make the terrible new one? Uh, he, 
He probably or is he going to distance himself? He probably from that? wrote the terrible <laughs> new one. I, he's done a lot of th- he's done a lot of things. But here's what I'll tell yeah. you: is Shane Black, in addition to being the he's he one he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, and two, he's the screenwriter of some really, really fucking good movies. Have you seen um, the nice guys with the gauze and Russell Crowe about two hapless 1970s detectives solving a Playboy Bunny oh. style crime? Now, I'm very sorry that you didn't get the message. <clears throat> I get it. I dig it. What about now? Give me your left arm. Huh? Your left arm. Give me your left arm. This one. No! Yeah, come on. No! No! Right, look, when you're talking to your doctor, just tell him you have a spiral fracture of the left radius. No! No! Deep breath. Yes, that movie is fucking awesome. Shane Black did that? Yeah, it's, he's, the, yes. he's the writer on that, 2016. He's <laughs> also the writer on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3. The Iron Man, that's weird. Okay. It's it's a good Iron Man movie. Yeah, Nice Guys is awesome. Yeah, and also... <laughs> nice Guys is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And also, Lethal Weapon, uh, The Monster really? Squad, and uh, yeah. Lethal Weapon 2, but for story. So, um, yeah, Shane Black kind of not fucking around to internet. Yeah, well then I would have to say that his involvement in The Awful Predator must have been minimal. Well, it says written by him, so I don't know. We, yeah. I may have to scrub out a lot of us trashing on the new Predator movie. I don't know. Man. I haven't seen Predator twenty eighteen. Uh, I don't. Don't think. Bother. I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> think he's gonna rail my ass about that. Uh, I just don't. You know, yeah. sometimes you get to step away from a party, and I, I stepped yeah. away from the Predator party, and I, I very rarely like crack the door open and go like, "What's going on in the Predator party?" Uh, this? Nah, I'll go back to my own party. Yeah, it it was upsetting. It was really dumb, too. Like, a lot of things that, that like, obvious things that that were overlooked made it into yeah. the movie. Like, 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 uh, consistency error. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and, like, it was just bad. Yeah, well, here's the thing <laughs> is, like, when I see a combination like this, where I look at somebody who wrote the first Lethal Weapon... And the second Lethal Weapon and Monster Squad and The Nice Guys, which is a recent fucking movie. It's 2016. And it was goddamn hilarious. It's one of the only, like, uh, comedies and period pieces that I've watched. Like, I've watched it like three times in the last three years. Like, it, I don't. I don't rewatch new shit at all, and I fucking love that movie. It is, ta- it yeah, is it absolutely fucking hysterical. Two of the roughest actors in it, and being hilarious. Yeah, and what and <laughs> and what I what I take from all of this is that the control in the experiment is Shane Black doing a good ass job, and the variable is big ass studio bullshit getting in the way. So what I'm yeah. going to imagine is that I'm going to give Shane Black a, a, a mulligan for the Predator because it's not a, probably his fucking yeah. fault. There's probably, yeah, there's probably I had a suspicion it wasn't. dudes named Josh um, in yeah. Brentwood somewhere conspiring to ruin everything he's ever wanted to do. And yeah, you know, I I I thought the whole time that I was watching Predator that like he must have just put his name on this or something because this is not 
the type of thing that I expected. Yeah, who the fuck Because I did expect, I didn't know he did nice guys, but I did know he did all that other I stuff. I had no like, idea that there was such an, yeah. a, a, an obvious reason that nice, that nice guys was so good that it was by somebody that <laughs> I should have known about better by then. But Shane Black was in this little tiny cauteri of like UCLA film dudes that Fred Decker yeah. was in in this early 90s period that bubbled into the reality that turns into making uh, Night of the Creeps and a bunch of other shit. And then he goes to make Lethal Weapon and yada, 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 yada. So yeah. they're, they're, that's how a lot of these things goes. You're from California. You go to a school in the 80s when it's not impossible to get in there still during an era where yeah. John Carpenter recently went to, a, you know, went went to something nearby. And you're you're. Uh, also, you know, pretty fucking talented. You know what you're doing, and yeah. and it's uh, how do I want to how do I want to explain my relationship to the Night of the Creeps? It is what I would say about it is it is going to be on the bingo card in like the top right corner of stop. You know, put, press pause on your VHS player and go out and watch this piece of media before you listen to the rest of this episode, dear readers. That's going to be the the square. <laughs> but th in this particular case, in the case of Night of the Creeps. I understand that there are podcasts like I listened to. I was a big fan of those guys, the Next Generation guys. They made a show that, uh, for reasons not go worth going into, they don't make any more called Friendly Fire about military movies, about war movies of every kind of possible war movie. And it was a really, oh, yeah, really, really good show. Right but I, yeah. I like probably a lot of the audience hardly ever watched any of the movies. All you know, they would play some, they would get some hits. You know, of course I'd seen platoon. There's lots of war movies yeah. I've already seen that. So, you know, I would have a relationship to a lot of the movies, but a lot of them I hadn't seen. They would do these really esoteric shit. They would do Japanese movies, Korean movies, you know, things from areas where I don't have the time. I'm living my fucking life. I'm not going to go out and watch yeah. all of these movies for your podcast. And that's fine. So if you're experiencing this show, by never consuming anything that we refer to. If you're, you're never going and watching uh, the X-Files or Splash or whatever the fuck, fine. Uh, it's fine. En enjoy the show. You like us talking that much? Great. But go and watch <laughs> fucking Night of the Fucking Creeps. If you, if you watch yeah. one of them, if you watch one goddamn thing that we've referred to in this whole fucking show, watch this movie. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so creeps. funny. This is an <laughs> ultimate topic. <laughs> it's so it's so and funny. And also zombie slugs versus yeah. college frat pledging flamethrower battle is just not a thing you get in other movies. What is this? A homicide or a bad B movie? Like it, yeah, and if your friend circle has never heard of it, then you'll get to be the cool guy that knows about Night of the Creeps. The, tr the trick is coming <laughs> into it with a without the painful, jaded 20, 22 brain that we have all un over the age of 11 recently or less recently inherited is you've, you just have yeah. to realize like all of this that looks like county fair over the top. 
funnel cake bullshit is actually totally intended and just yeah. ride the fucking roller coaster. Yeah, this was made whenever references were not a thing. When references were for Kentucky Fried And movie. it makes it sound as if like I'm apologizing for this movie and I'm absolutely not. Like I I yeah. you do not need to frame it properly in your mind to enjoy it. It is just yeah. straight up good. If you don't like this movie, it's your problem, not the movie's problem. Not of the creeps yeah. is so fucking entertaining <laughs> that if you watch it and you don't like it, I would argue you don't like either funny things or scary things, let alone funny, scary things like that's I'm yeah. willing to put myself on the line and be like, you just don't like good things. You know, they're like, even like cool things. Like, I yeah, mean, they're like interesting yeah. things. I mean, if you go, if you look at the other stuff that we have reviewed in this show, most of it is not stuff where is like ride or die for me. And that's kind of by yeah, no, design. You, you got to be a real specific kind of person to like the max. Yeah. Like, right. I'm not going to hate on somebody because the max, for instance, it's like, it's inhabiting a very early nineties, Sean McFarlane, self-loathing. Yeah, you also have dark... to be in the early nineties to like the max. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. there is a, a, there's this deep, like, um, Gen X 1991 Jim Lee illustrating the X-Men just like horny nightmare liquid television bullshit thing going on with that. Right. Yeah. So is it objectively yeah. good? Yes. But does everybody have to enjoy it? No, no, like no. The, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I watched, you know, like Little Monsters is ostensibly a children's movie. Should everybody like it? No, it makes me feel kind of <laughs> weird, right? Like, like I, a lot of these things, you don't necessarily have to enjoy the thing. But in this yeah. case, if you don't enjoy Night of the Creeps, you're wrong and bad <laughs> because it's yeah, even, so even much like better Scrooge. than everything else. Even with, like, Scrooge, sometimes Bill Murray does not land with people. Like, his thing is kind of... Interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can... Okay. I mean, I... Yeah. Okay. I can... I can swallow that if you... Yeah. If you if you coated it in... Uh, yeah, if you coated it in glycerin and turpentine, maybe I could get it down. I don't know. That's a... It's a... I... I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I He's probably a total fucking asshole, but I ride pretty well for Bill Murray, even though it's... Almost, you know, I'll probably get canceled by proximity, but I, she's just good. He's just Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget that I have to be talking about Night of the Creeps or watching Night of the Creeps to remember every time. It's got rewatch value. It's. I remember every time so and every time it comes up as a discussion topic that it is amazing and awesome. Like, I don't sit around staring at a Night of the Creeps poster all day and wondering, like, what I could do with that. I do that with Battletech. But, like, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Night of the Creeps movie is always entertaining again whenever I see it. And that's rare to find. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird because it's a it's a mixed genre. It's like the um, it's like the 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 two color mana of of move of like comedy horror movies. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're welcome out there. Point zero one percent of uh, magic nerds. <laughs> magic nerds. <laughs> magic nerds. 
Is this where I get to play my 12th level druid? So two two <laughs> facts about Night of the Creeps. It's more references than Venture Brothers. It's hot in here. I got to get my speed suit off. So two references. Ignore me. What Reference number one is. <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> reference number one is that when um, Steve Marshall is using his box of matches to battle the space yeah. slugs. There's a piece of graffiti on the men's room stall that says striper rules. And apparently yeah. the costumer was like super hot for the dude from striper and then went on to like be her girlfriend, <laughs> be his girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know. I refuse yeah. to look up more things about striper. Well, that was both arbitrary <laughs> and relevant on some level. It was not some just kind of hilarious Christian rock joke. I love Striper. I'm sorry. I'm not going to listen to Striper, but okay. But everybody okay. just, you heard it here first. I've heard it here the 37th time. Gavin loves Striper. <laughs> okay, so we put you up to it. But we said the Phi Omega Gamma House, not the Kappa Delta Sorority. Do you know the difference? It's all Greek to me. Okay, so by the way, did you notice that, or do you recall that Dick Miller is in this movie? Yes. Uh, so Dick Miller plays uh, Officer Paisley, who is yeah. kind of doing the job of the armorer when Tom Atkins and Jason Lively come down to get a flamethrower, who says... Yeah, you always got to get that guy, like that character, the armorer character. There's one in split set. It's basically the exact same scene, um, which is, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, how we, I don't know how we did this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know how, how a 1986 movie referenced split second, but it successfully did. But um, there's an interesting kind of like um, pre-internet meme with Dick Miller where he is playing a character. Presumably he's playing a character named Walter Paisley. Who is he has played at least yeah. six times. So Dick Dick oh, Miller yeah? has been cast as um, Walter Paisley a significant number of times. So if you go, uh, hmm. he has been. Um, he was uh, originally oh, cast man, as yeah. uh, Walt as uh, Walter Paisley in a bucket of blood, nineteen fifty nine. Yeah. And I then he this. was also Walter Paisley in The Howling in 1981 and in huh. the Twilight Twilight Zone the movie which by the way is the movie yeah. that um uh, charmingly explodes some children uh <laughs> also know. in Chopping Mall he plays uh, a janitor named Paisley and then he is Officer Paisley in Night of the Creeps and he's um, his last credited role. He's credited posthumously. He plays uh, Rabbi Walter Paisley in a movie called Hanukkah in 2019. Well, the thing is, uh, Walter, what I need is I need your basic flamethrower. Hmm. Dick Miller, uh, uh, consummate professional, uh, top of the top of the hill. That guy. Amazing character actor and American uh, personality. Um, foreign car hater in the, the Gremlins movies. Uh, <laughs> hilarious fucking dude. Um, died in 2019, yeah. but uh, I will lift a, uh, a zombie a zombie brain slug to you, uh, um, Dick Miller, for being one of the one of the best 
uh, B and genre movie that guys that there ever was. Just fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, what can I do you for? Well, the thing is, uh, Walter, what I need is... I need your basic flamethrower. Flamethrower? <laughs> flamethrower? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flamethrower? Jesus. What's the matter? The old snub nose ain't good enough for you anymore? Uh, I know, I know. Just break out the old heavy artillery, will you, Walt? Switch out one BB gun and one flamethrower. There you go. Uh, by the way, you gotta watch out for this baby. Once you light the pilot, it goes out, and it plays hard to get like a son of a bitch. Thanks. So, uh, if you just let me have the requisition. Oh, well. <laughs> the thing is... Uh, the thing is, Walter, I, um... I don't have a requisition form, is the thing. Uh, you don't. Well, uh, geez. To tell you the truth, Ray, that could be a little problem. It could be a little problem. You know, I still haven't seen The Howling, the first uh, one. You know, I have, but I cannot disambiguate The Howling from all of the, how would I say, grotesquely directed werewolf movies of the early 80s. There's, there, there's huh. a bunch of them, and yeah. they all kind of use... The problem with making an analog werewolf movie is that making werewolves look real from um, physical effects be real hard, right? And so you end up kind of like shooting around it and creating very grotesque effects. So like my brain has created a kind of like image salad between Silver Bullet and The Howling and a French movie where everybody turns into werewolves on camera and is like eating around a great big like table in like a Viking hall. Um, what's that yeah. movie called? It's is it's like the, the, God, it's, it, it's a, and too. we eat with the wolves or it's something. Called, like, when I worked at Vi- the wolves are yeah, gonna eat it's, you. It's, the wolves of dining. My, my dinner uh, with allegorical guard. French wolves, but the, my French wolf connection, <laughs> but. And because we had it at the uh, video one on the mile ground when I was a when I was yeah. a when I was a cliche working video there. man, yeah. yeah, when you were young Quentin Tarantino, a, a sliced up, disaffected, d- d- rivet head douchebag, condescendingly telling people to watch U five seven one at the video store. <laughs> It, oh, it's. I think it's in the company of wolves, uh, and I remembered. I, in the company, and of I, wolves. I remembered that. I, the audience, the dear readers, will at home will not believe me, but I swear. Oh, that really is the name of it. I did not. I clicked it after. Well, there you go. I clicked it after, and uh, yeah, it's directed by Neil Jordan, who is. Then um, you get six Doom Generation points <laughs> for remembering it without Google. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, you get to liz- lick the jizz off of the doorknob. Um, directed by uh, <laughs> Neil Jordan um, of Interview with the Vampire and Crying Game fame. Um, so he's not. Uh, yeah. He's not. He's he's no. He's no. He's no louse. Anyone else with a comment? In Night of the Creeps, near the end. I know. How dare I? Whenever it yanks you out of the movie 
to entertain you a little bit is uh, whenever the worms count down uh, jumping at Atkins's face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently they had a bit of a the team. This I should I should not fail to mention that like the special effects team that were were friends with Fred Decker did a really fantastic job. And one of the ways that they managed that is they skipped the casting phase and end up using themselves. So the, the the frat boys that turn into the um, sideways wrecked bus that becomes the shambling mob of your dates are here. Bad news is they're dead. That's actually for the most part, the special effects team that special effect, special affected themselves into zombies. Yeah. And, yeah. The logistical reason that you do that is because usually there's this really egregious middle step where you have to cast all of the people that are going to be those zombie extras and then make molds from them specifically and get them into the room and schedule all of that and then redo it. But if you do it to yourselves, it takes out all of that yeah. shitty downtime where you're like waiting on people to give you a call back on a rotary phone from 1974. So so you just like, yeah. hey, we got nine bros around because we're an effects team in 1985, right? So, all right, we can yeah. look like frat boys. Cool. Like, you got a beard, I got a haircut. Yeah, just get the get the shit on, do it. So they were able to, like, they were able to head mold themselves, and it made it way more efficient because their their timeline on rolling out this movie was egregiously short. Um, there's there's a there's yeah. a saying in production where they say you can either be you can be cheap. You can be you can be fast or you can be good. You never get all three, but you can have (laughs) two of them so you can be cheap and fast and not good. You can be good and cheap, but not fast. You can be fast and good, but not cheap. And so you're always going to be sacrificing one of those. So if you're if you have a lot of money from a studio, then you might have to. That kind of goes for everything. It's literally from every for everything in life is you can have two out of the three of them yeah. and it'll work. You, you can't just yeah. have one. You can't just be fast. Um, you could do it for yeah. one. You can do it for a one off. Right. But you can't you can't really have any kind of like sustainable production of anything anybody wants without two out of the three of those. You beat people up and charge money. Yeah. Sad, isn't it? That's really your job? Yeah. No way. Yeah. I cannot, I literally cannot think of another movie that is so far removed from itself in the 80s because the 80s is the, the 80s is really like a german heavy metal band of a decade where everybody's just doing it yeah. and there's absolutely no irony it's like putting an reo speedwagon tape into your goddamn camaro and driving down main street at 70 miles an hour and trying to fucking pick up young chicks and drink Coors Light in the woods. Yeah. That's what 1985 yeah. is. And this movie yeah. is taking that from not even a bird's eye view, uh, not even a bird's eye view, but a fucking like alien with a digital telescope eye view and being like, that's fucking hilarious. What if, what, what if we combine yeah. that with some like related ideas and, you know, like didn't show you the tits you were th- thought you were going to see 
and had some flamethrower yeah. zombie action in there. And then what if there was also a cool old, like like Chandler style detective? And it, it it it's really mixing ingredients in an intelligent way that nobody is doing, not even in this decade, but like even at the end of the fucking 20th century, as competently as yeah. Fred Decker is doing in this movie. And perhaps he's doing it so well because he's not trying that hard. He's just like, you know what? Let's combine all this cool shit. And ironically, the less you care, sometimes if you're very talented, the better you do. It's just like, let's just put all this yeah. shit in there. All the shit that I like, put it in there. Thank you for the delicious cookies. If we have any new listeners for our New Year Spectacular, usually we do the villainous vocabulary at the top of the show. Villainous vocabulary. But instead, we've shifted things around for the Spectacular. Gavin, what what do you have in the unlikely avenues of the English language for us today? vocabulary. I got a pretty good word that I like. Um, it is argy-bargy. <laughs> uh, this is one that I've heard. I'm actually yeah. pretty sure that I heard Henry Cavill uh, and um, what's-his-face from uh, Hot Fuzz and all of the movies. You know, the main guy. The main oh, one. Simon Pegg? Yeah. That, yeah. uh, t uh, people are going to think that I don't like all of the people, all of the like famous people in my life. I actually, you know, <laughs> there are, there are a few, I have executive dysfunction and there are a couple of places in my brain that are missing. And the, and the <laughs> two main ones are remembering people's names and yeah. seeing calendars in a way that helps you use a calendar. And really? so, yeah, Cause I get those two to also. Yeah, no, it's a, okay. it's a, it is a version of executive dysfunction. That means that your brain just doesn't conjure those. You have the information, but yeah. the old man that is taxed, that is, that it, whose job it is to to drag the kind of like library uh what, what do you call it the, the the ladder with the rollers over to the right part of your brain to find the book that has the information he's very old and he moves very slowly so you'll get it but it, it's not worth telling him to get it because it, you're going to move on to something else by the time he gets there um yeah yeah i know what you're talking it's like about. my brain knows that that is Simon Pegg, but yeah. the person whose job it is to go get the name Simon Pegg, like I'll be able to tell you 29 things about Simon Pegg before I get the name Simon Pegg. Like I can, <laughs> I can tell you beat for beat everything that fucking happens um, in like every Simon Pegg movie without getting his name. Yeah. And it's just how certain brains work. And what the fuck was uh, speaking of his ex executive dysfunction? What was I talking about when I got off on Simon Pegg? Argy bargy. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> English slang, right? Yeah, yeah, it's English slang. It's it's either bullshit or or fighting yeah. for bullshit. I for it's one of those, it's, right? It's a term for an argument or just kind of bullshitting around and and a cocksparer song. About um, DJ Terry, or Terry the DJ, who is Terry Christian from England, who used to host a punk show late at night, and he would go out onto the street and interview youths who were on the dole, and... Um, <laughs> 
uh, exchange details of the Brixton riot to provide th their side of the, uh, their, their point of view of the events and everything like that. So Cox Barra wrote a song called Argy Bargy about how Terry's doing good, a good job of getting the voice of the youth out there. And I really like the song because it goes, give me some of that Argy Bargy. <laughs> and it's really fun to sing. <laughs> So, yeah, for all of you cockspar enthusiasts out there, <laughs> yeah. get it in, get, put it in your punk. A lot of people like cockspar. Yeah, yeah. Definitely most people <laughs> like English punk terrors, the cockspars. Are, are they kind of funny, <laughs> right? I don't know. Yeah, don't know. they're they're kind of funny. They're kind of they're not as funny as like toy dolls. You don't name your band after like dick fencing without being pretty yeah. funny, right? I don't know. Yeah, they're pretty funny. Sometimes <laughs> some of those English bands they sound like they're going to be funny, and they're they're mostly Nazi screams. And I'm like, what is? What did you do here? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I've noticed that too. Okay, so this has been. Villainous vocabulary is Night of the Creeps. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? Uh, yeah, it needs a background, but that's fine. I think it is this bitchin' is... van art, because if you go and you look at the posters... Yes, that's what um, I was basing this off of. Now, it's, is it's, the monster it's... itself, I don't know. But I'm no, no it's it, the monster itself. You're not going to do the monster. You're going to do a possessed zombie. Right. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. uh, all right, all right, all right. So if the, if the incubation period of the, the slug monster inside of the frat boys is taken as part of the monster, then yes, absolutely. Yes. It is bitchin' van art. Bitchin' yeah. van art. Uh, it's a, and you know. this, the specific like blonde frat boy, Night of the Creeps guy. Yeah. Um, would look pretty good, like with a moon. You know what? Tom Atkins is bitching Van Art. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you look at if you look at the various posters and like um, you know, Etsy style twenty twenty posters of this, yeah. it, they are bitching as hell. It is. It is. Yeah. It is not weak tea. The imagery based around this movie. It is pretty okay. <laughs> Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? Let me throw it in resources, and we could just only talk about this for like 30 seconds, because it is Nicolas Cage as Nick Cave. Well, <laughs> uh, I think I may have seen Everybody's that. Everybody's seen it. I think I've seen that, but, oh, God, oh yeah, it's not real, it's a... <laughs> yeah, it's not real. <laughs> looks like my childhood friend... Oh, it is! <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Why is he wearing those headphones? What is going on? I don't know. Okay. All right. This is... <laughs> he looks like... This looks like a guy that owns a lot of property in New Mexico. Yeah, this, this is, is describing Nicholas K. This remind this this is like the guy that in... in, in <laughs> this is like the guy that inherits unpainted Arizona from... The guy from Raising Arizona, it's like his yeah, son yeah. 20 years later. <laughs> this is this is this is like Adam Arizona who, un, yeah. who owns unpainted Arizona. <laughs> this, this is That's perfect. It's very why those headphones? I don't know. It's so The headphones threw me off too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. Okay. But I guess they were they were on Nick Cave because that's Cage's face over Nick Cave's mustache. Yeah, he's probably he's probably it's like literally 30 seconds after this he's probably listening to Nick Cave songs. 
Yeah. That's why he's like that. He listens to himself all the time. He's like, man, I was really good when I was really high on drugs. Um, <laughs> so if that, you know, I really like this entry, but let me tell you about what my um, observation about describing is for our end of the year spectacular is yep. last night, which was the actual New Year's Eve. I, uh, yeah. I like a lot of people, was um, drinking Jägermeister at 2 a.m. with my nesting partner and, yes. and watching weird YouTube videos. And yes. unrelated to anything that I, I did not – I didn't bring this up, but we were watching um, weird YouTube videos and – uh, my partner, she said something about how uh, we basically we went in a, a YouTube hole that I finally found a, a, an early live performance of Red Right Hand by Nick Cave. Yeah. And I had never seen this video before. I think it's like the official video. And he's there huh. and he's like, you know, 72 feet tall or whatever. And and yeah. and I started riffing about how he's like a Kenku wizard. And <laughs> unrelated, I didn't say anything in this zone. She brought it up on her own. She was like, you know, I think I, th- you know, I think that Nick Cave might be a hobgoblin. And I go, continue and she started talking about how it was like you know like he looks like the guy from the new york dolls stretched out long ways and i was like continue 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 Yeah. yeah but the thing is she has such a bad memory as i often do that she may have been you know, like uh, kind of silly putty si- goblins are real. Silly putty taking her silly putty brain and and taking a piece of it from an existing episode of the show, and an idea of you talking about goblins existing and putting that back goblins down on the real. idea. Yeah. But here is the list of people that are likely goblins that I came up last night with 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 her, from her. All right, here we go. The segment on the show. Where we describe all the fucking goblins. Obviously, David David Johansson we've got already. Okay, so that's that's yes. on the show. We got no big deal. We know that personality crisis. Uh, uh, Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel, Nick Cave. Yeah. Okay, he's definitely somewhere in the goblin, bugbear, hobgoblin zone. Okay, we're not yeah. breaking any news yet. But yeah, also this one surprised me. My partner said Aubrey Plaza. And I ooh. went out and I went, ooh, that's good goblin right there. Aubrey she's like, Plaza you know, is I'm, a like goblin. I'm like, yeah. you know what? She's always, she's always getting on talk shows, sitting, getting her feet up on the chair, creeping around like yeah. a gargoyle, making those like make making Dude. those nasty faces and always like getting off yeah, to the side and talking like, shit. I'm f- yeah, I'm funny. I know it. What's your problem? Yeah, I think uh, Aubrey Plaza is our first hot lady goblin. Um, hot lady goblin. Hot, yeah. Okay. So well. Now, yeah. now I think we're on to something here. Okay. Now yeah. I'm gonna say my partner broke some more news, and and this is the this is the last one she came up with, I believe, for the evening. But it was strong. Is uh, Billy Joe Armstrong? <laughs> because I I, yeah. I believe that Billy Joe Armstrong is the super bard of goblins. 
that, yeah, that I mean, uh, if one. you follow Billy Joe Armstrong, um, that guy is consistent as fuck. <laughs> He's that guy <laughs> does not deviate from being himself for one fucking instant. And and yeah, um, well, he's allowed to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there are a lot of shitty millionaire performers. Well, you can be. I know. Can, I know. Oh, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, he's allowed to be, and he does it well. Well, and because the things that I in my and what I've noticed is it's not because here's the thing. What if you, I took your ball of like what is who is a goblin person, and I was like, I was kind of yeah. really rolling with it because I had Billy Joel as a goblin bard in my head for like mo- like months before. This is not a new idea for yeah. me, but I'm yeah. uh, it, it, it's it's probably too much. A dimension 20 and we're like role-playing game youtube but i was like you know like what is his deal because the thing is he's what he's into is like mischief and songs and destroying um kind of destroying the status quo toward being like more gay more naughty and more strange with, with the yeah. with the power of those same four punk chords that make all punk songs um but it but in a but in a good but in a good way right <laughs> so um so far i've got aubrey plaza david johansson nick cave billy joe armstrong and then as I was sitting down today, I thought, okay, I got a couple, I got a couple, well, I, you know, I got to say, almost certainly Iggy Pop is a goblin. Yeah. He's, Iggy Pop is he's, a goblin. He, like, he started out as and, a handsome he, suburban boy, but he went, uh, he went goblin as hard as he could, as early as he could. You know what, you know what you're doing, which, which I'm in, totally in favor of, is that you are bringing to light um, the concept that goblins do not have to be short and green. Correct. They can be tall, pale people. Yeah. They can, yeah. When, like, my partner said that um, Nick Cave was a goblin, I was like, you know what? I had that same, I had that same brief hymen of a moment where I was like, hey, he's too fucking tall. But then I was like, no, you know, he's, he's, he's still in the goblin. You know, he's an evolved goblin. He's he's a hobgoblin. He's he's reaching yeah, a different level. Um, yeah. There's a reason that he was our first choice, right? That he stood out to us as as a paragon of of goblininity. Um, and that's not yeah. just some random crap. The, Nick Cave is really doing doing some shit. At a, at a higher level than most people could understand. Like, would I ever yeah. call David Bowie a goblin? Only within the context of the Jennifer Connelly movie. Yeah, yeah. But he is, he is not a he is not a goblin. He is obviously an elf. David David Bowie yeah. is the elfiest elf to ever elf an elf. And yeah. so, is it reasonable to call him a goblin in a technical sense, according to Muppet movies? But clearly, he's an elf. Yeah. However, he's He's an elf that became the Goblin King, obviously. Well, and then, <laughs> and people, I hear, I hear a lot, I hear a lot of humans on the internet say a lot of trash about a lot of crap. <laughs> but 
we, but we, you may have heard this as well, but we on Oopsaw Monsters are the rare case where we actually know exactly what we're talking about and we're definitely ex- yeah. experts because we read the whole internet and we determined some very important yeah, things. I've read the whole internet. I'm an expert in metahumanity. And Aubrey Plaza. I'm a metaphysicist. Is I'm also a, a cryptozoologist. A hot lady I'm goblin. certified. <laughs> Hot Lady Goblin Aubrey Plaza has been elected, um, which is odd to elect uh, royalty, but she's been um, elected to, to, well, she's a representative right now, but she may be elected to be Goblin Princess of the World. Right. I want you to say this phrase that you said a minute ago without realizing it. Hot Lady Goblin Aubrey Plaza. (laughs) Hot Lady Goblin, Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> because the, you know how, like, remember you used to have that, like, shirt when you were a kid that was, like, salty dogs, whatever, like, bullshit, like, bar emporium or whatever? <laughs> yeah. So the yeah. reason that, like, whiskey dicks and salty dogs and slippery dick Nixon are good phrases is it's it's yeah. not because they have... It's what they ha- what they have that they don't teach in school is called assonance. It's not yeah, the first sound. Well, my, our audience doesn't necessarily know that. It's the it's okay. the vowel sound in the middle, which is yeah. makes saying hot hot lady, lady goblin, goblin Aubrey, Plaza. Aubrey Plaza so satisfying to say is it's got yeah. deep hot sexy assonance. All right. Earlier today, Hot Lady Goblin Aubrey Plaza has been nominated for Goblin Princess of the World. The segment on the show where we describe all the fucking goblins. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. If you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, that really does help. Um, check me out on Twitch this year sometime. I'm Gavin Longshanks at Twitch. Yeah. Sometime this year. Because it's a new I'm, year. You, I'm sticking. I'm moving. Who knows? One year. When this year I'll be on. All right. Share an episode on your favorite social media. Please share it with somebody. And hit up our Instagram with the images that go along with each episode. And comment on the Instagram. And let us know what monsters you want us to cover by sending us an email to oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. We'll also accept RPG gaming stories and any really anything, any kind of story. Talk to us. Crack open the goddamn potion fund over at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters or at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. And reminder, this week up till about January 5th, that will automatically enter you into the raffle for the John Delancey 8-inch Q Star Trek The Next Generation toy that you so desperately need. Lastly, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think that maybe we should ask the winner if whether or not uh, they want us to write all over it. Oh, that's not a choice they get to make. Okay. La- lastly, lastly, I have a th- I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work is part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's. 
can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I've been Gavin. And this has been Miller Time. About good news and bad news. This has been good news and bad news. Your dates are here. Thrill me. Thrill me. This has been a thrilling episode. Thrill me. Detective Cameron? No. Bozo the Clown. Did you you didn't you go to that um, show in Pittsburgh where 
was ministry that was opened by. Did I make that up? It was a ministry show that was opened by Kit, like MC Chris. Did that a thing? Was that a thing that happened? Didn't that happen? I don't that remember happened. that. Did there was a ministry show in Pittsburgh at this weird? Maybe that was Paul. I don't know. There was a there was a ministry show where there were a couple of act. Oh no 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 no! It was um, Hansel and Gretel. Yes. Yeah. And Switchblade Symphony. No, 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 That was no, another no. one? No, that was, no, you're thinking of Switchblade Symphony and... and Front 242? No. no Frontline Assembly. Frontline Assembly, It was, yeah. the openers were Switchblade Symphony, and then the yeah. second opener was, why can't I remember, um, uh, Spawn Ranch, Sp- and yeah, then, Spawn Ranch. Yeah. And it was Frontline Assembly. That was the show where I fought that um I fought that latex giant. Yes. I will I I have a perfect memory of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well <laughs> Even though it I, took us five minutes to come up with what with the headline. Well, no, but that's not the show I'm talking about. Oh, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I'm talking about a show because I remember there was a show where MC Chris was playing. These are probably two different shows of the same venue that I have gl- I've glaved into one thing. But yeah. what I remember, because they're both, they, they, it definitely happened at the same venue that I don't remember what it was in Pittsburgh. But yeah, the, I've, what, I've looked over my past and I've seen Ministry four times and I, I don't know how. I, I've seen them. <laughs> I've seen them four or five times. I've seen. I, yeah. think, it's, I think it's four times. And unfortunately, the main thing that I've observed about Ministry Live is they're way better when he's not sober. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That is sad to say, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Al. I'm in I'm in favor of your uh, living. Uh, But it's also amazing that you're alive at all. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That that you outlived Lemmy is at best a roll of the dice. Even money would say, nah. Um, Elaine Jurgensen's probably somebody we wouldn't want to hang out with. uh, He's not a chill vibe. I'll I'll guarantee that. Not a very relaxed person. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. all right, so let's transition. Wait, what the fuck was the point of that story? Oh, the, I swear, yeah. we, what, uh, there was a. I saw MC Chris at that venue, and it yeah. had to be a different show. But he was like, "Who was he? Who was here last night for the MSI show?" And I was like, "There was an MSI show last night. I should have gone to that." Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I mean, I really liked seeing MC Chris, but I was like, if I could choose now, I al- almost would probably rather yeah. have seen MSI because th- them motherfuckers is nuts. I don't know. MC Chris turned out to um, first, like when he first played Morgantown, he really liked it. And then last time he played, he said he was never coming back. <laughs> and it was like, you were really cool 10 years ago. Everybody has moved away. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> it's a, it is a, um, it's a transient place with a, a spine of really hardcore, strange people holding it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. it is, it's, it's a very confusing place, Morgantown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry, MC Chris. Get pissy <laughs> well, about it. Why I don't, don't know you? what is, I don't know what, I don't know who he gets addicted anything to about anything, but whatever. Yeah. It's, if he would have just gone to a house party after the show, he would have loved it. Again. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there was it's an amazing town. Same venue. There was a different show that was now I remember what it was. It was Hansel and Gretel and KMFDM. Yeah, I was there. That one. 
because uh, yeah. that was the same. I'm almost positive that was the same venue, and that was yeah. That, we we just like hung out with Hansel and Gretel because that was fine. That had actual Nazis, and I at the after the yeah. show, at, that was one of those shows where I was kind of at peak. Like, hey, dude, you should probably chill out. But like, none of my yeah. none of my friends would would actually be able to stop me from doing that because I was talking to my partner last night about how like I think I have the highest pogo of anyone I've ever met. Um, <laughs> like definitively. I don't I just don't think I've ever seen anybody pogo as hard or as high as I do in situations. Also yeah. not like not appropriate situations like ministry shows and KMFDM shows and yeah. you know, like orgy <laughs> shows. Like what, that's that's not the way to respond to that. But I'm like, what? You know, but was Sometimes you have a lot of enthusiasm and it just wants to go up. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Absolutely. I'm not going to like run around and fucking punch people and swing my elbows like a damn uh, hardcore jackass. I'm going to punk around with my with my sloppy hopping. Yeah, I can't say any (laughs) such thing because I have done. I've done all of the. I've done all of the. Yeah, I've, I've done, done nearly them all, all of the bad yeah. things you're not supposed to do. I will say I am always a ten out of ten mosher. If it's if it's an if there's an official if it's actually a pit, I am yeah. I am always a saver and a picker upper. I yeah. I am I don't you know in I I do not I do ten out of ten good moshing. I really, yeah. uh, like Morgantown Morgantown Punk was really good at giving you good punk moshing uh kind of like strategies of making sure that the little people and it doesn't even if you're not a little person you sometimes you get fucking trampled because human bodies are nuts and violence is crazy remember shauna donovan little shauna yeah 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 yeah. she was Uh, brutal in those days (laughs) (laughs) she's about four foot tall do you follow her instagram because if you don't you should Uh -uh. she's the most adorable human being on planet earth i bet yeah yeah i know she has a private account so yeah you better you should really also you have about 302 um, private Instagram messages from me that you have not opened. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't look at it. Okay. Yeah, I know I'll, you I'll don't. I've just it. been doing it as a joke for the last four months because <laughs> it's going to be really funny when you finally open it up. <laughs> it's oh, it's going to be fucking hysterical. You're going to be like, yeah. you have you have 97 messages from Aaron Hess. I forgot. We also say that we're on Instagram on this show all the time, uh-huh. don't we? Yeah, it's one of the only oh, things man. that we do. I guess that's uh, gonna be after I take like six hours to look at all of that is gonna be how you can reach me. But yeah, definitely follow Shauna. She has the most adorable yeah. Instagram of any human that I'm aware of. That's not even that's like awesome. an exaggeration. She's just the most adorable person. I think I have one picture on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and if you can, and if you go to her it's Instagram, you can find that one decker. one punk photo that we're both in. Yeah, uh, that you know that like she's in, and we're, yeah. I'm like pumping my fist, and I have my Macaulay Culkin glasses on, and my two or th- my three inch white, like rock and roll bracer. Uh, yeah. It's a good photo. I'm glad, so- I'm glad somebody took that. I think like uh, what is it? What was punk rock Pete's girlfriend's name? E- Evil Jennifer. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call her uh, Evil yeah. Je- Jennifer from now on. E- Evil Jennifer. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh, Brian Persinger's Vicky took a lot of pictures. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, it might have been. Vicky. So did so did Breeze Bunny and oh, yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. got a nickname. It was a it was yeah, a sh- it was a shitty crank photo. Like it was a shitty disposable camera. So I think Breeze yeah. and, and Ian Pant. Yeah, it wouldn't have been Ian because it wasn't. It was a. It was not a real quote unquote real photo. 
Uh, he would have yeah. taken a real photo. Yeah, he would have taken. <laughs> this was a this was a crank camera, disposable thing. All right, let's make the show. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, fucking yeah, life. Night of the Creeps. Good. What an ultimate topic. That's just <laughs> um, gonna have this episode is gonna be long. Please include like a lot of this. I'm gonna this make the great. yeah. This is gonna be this is gonna be a 13 inch meatball hoagie of an episode. Yeah. Um, 